Welcome back, my friends, to the MailRite Real Estate Agent Podcast Show. We're on episode 130, and we have a returning guest with us, but for a very important reason. We have a new tax reform to discuss, and so we brought back one of our show favorites, Miss Rachel Ivanovic from Easy Life Management Tax Preparation uh, up in Carlsbad, California, which is part of San Diego County, a very nice part of San Diego County. Uh, and if you want to hear Rachel on our previous episodes, you'll find her on episode 91 and 106. Rachel, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Thomas. Good morning. It's great to Good be morning. back. We're, we're glad to have you, especially after what happened in December. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was a little crazy. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's say <laughs> we're going to dive into a lot of questions here. We got a lot of content to cover, but I want to uh, let our illustrious co-host, Mr. Jonathan, sign in with our guest. Jonathan, good morning and welcome. Oh, hi there, folks. Yeah, it's Jonathan Denwood, the founder of MailRiot, which is a platform to get you more leads using the power of Facebook. That's, that's not bad, is it, Thomas? Back to you. All right, and I'm Thomas J. Nelson. I'm a residential realtor here in America's finest city, San Diego, California, where I'm never too busy to serve you or your referrals and you can find me at thomasjnelsonrealtor.com. All right, Rachel. So the tax reform passed in December 2017, just, not, just quite over a month ago. What, about, not yeah, not just, quite a month ago. Not quite a month ago. And then... Uh, I think the president signed the bill. Yeah. <laughs> so the, one of the issues that we're seeing already is the fact that the media covered so much what was proposed to be covered by this tax reform. And they have not covered, in fact, what actually passed with the same vigor. Um, so there's a lot of confusion over the new tax laws. Um, now, to be fair, the fear mongering was uh, deliberate and strategic in 2017 uh, because we needed the public to get in touch with their senators and their representatives. And we needed folks like, uh, real estate agents to get in touch with their database and, of course, encourage um, folks that utilize a um, enrolled agent or a CPA uh, to talk about what's coming up with the new tax laws and to take action. And, and that is exactly what happened because what was proposed and what passed are two different things. Um, but in that same vein, uh, the confusion can lead to fear and fear can lead to paralysis. So we're here to uh, put a little information and fact uh, in place of the fear so that people can move forward in 2018 uh, with a little more clarity on their plans. So Rachel, I'm going to open up the question starting with the uh, mortgage interest deductions. So there was concern that the mortgage interest deduction would be eliminated and that didn't happen. However, the bill has made uh, a lot of changes. And so let's talk about the most notable changes. And I'm going to turn that over to you. Okay. Thank you, Thomas. And you're absolutely right. There was a lot of discussion and then there was a lot of confusion towards the end of what was actually going to happen with the mortgage interest deduction. So let's just be clear that for your 2017 taxes that are about to be filed this spring, there are no changes for the return that's about to be filed. So for a going forward basis, we're talking about law that's effective January 1st, so two weeks ago, um, and going forward um, until it sunsets in 2025. So these, some of these provisions are temporary 
until 25, 25 unless they're made permanent. I just wanted to at least bring that up as well. Right. So under the new tax law for starting in 2018, and this is for your personal residence, because it doesn't have to do with business or investment properties. So you have to kind of keep that straight because there was a lot of confusion with clients yep. that called and thought, oh, I'm going to lose my mortgage interest deduction for my rental property. And that's absolutely not true. So keep in mind what I'm talking about right now has to do specifically with your primary residence, the home that you live in. And based on research from a Spidel, who is um, our company in California, that's where I get my facts. Um, they're stating that you can take mortgage interest deduction on loans up to $750,000 for a first and a second home, a vacation home, not an investment property or a rental. And that was, there was a lot of discussion about that, that that was going to be eliminated. But based on the facts that I currently have, you can deduct mortgage interest on a first and second home up to $750,000 starting in 2018. And let me stop you there because I want to be clear on that. So are you saying the the combined total is $750,000 or $750,000 per personal property? It is per tax return. So if you're married then it's $750,000. If you're single, it's seven fifty. dollars So it's kind of a marriage penalty in my mind, but it's per return. So okay. if you have, and, and please also keep in mind that these are loans for what they call acquisition debt. And what acquisition right. debt is, debt that's taken to buy, build, or substantially improve a primary residence or a vacation home. Right. Okay. So, so just to be clear, uh, if right now I own one home, I've got a 750 deduction, uh, up to a $750,000 mortgage deduction. Correct. I should say. If I decide to buy a second home and let's just say I buy my first is 500, my second cost me 250. Uh, I'm still well within the, the 750, uh, or, or in this scenario, I've maxed it out. But if, I buy two four hundred thousand dollar properties, one to live in, one to vacation in. Then only seven hundred and fifty of that eight hundred thousand mortgage debt is deductible. Correct. The interest on those loans. So Correct. it's okay. And and just to be clear, I know this sounds rudimentary, but you're not. It's not that if I go out and buy an eight hundred thousand dollar home, I'm not precluded from getting the tax deduction. I'm just um, not going to get it on the balance of that fifty thousand that exceeds the seven fifty. That is absolutely correct. Okay. All right. Good. Um, and and then just to be clear again, you you said that the repeals for for this deduction on the interest paid um, is good through uh, the uh, December twenty twenty five. Yes, December. Okay. 30, yes. Now keep in mind also that if you have if you if you currently own a home, and you your loan is over seven hundred and fifty. You were grandfathered in under the old rules. And what that means is, is that you can deduct mortgage interest on your first and second home up to a million dollars. Now, your loan had to have originated before the 15th of December in 2017, and or you had to be in contract and close before 1-1 of 18 to be grandfathered in under the old rules of a million dollars. I know a lot of people were really concerned about that. They were thinking, that, oh, I bought my home a couple of years ago. My loan is, you know, a million, you know, close to a million dollars. What am I going to do? But you are grandfathered in under the old rules, even if you refinance that loan and do not pull cash out. Okay. Well, and that's another question I had is, uh, 
does this now make uh, uh, refinancing and doing a cash out refi versus getting uh, a, a home equity line of credit or a second mortgage? Uh, is that a bigger decision now or, or under, uh, under 750, it's the same decision as usual? So it, it, it has changed. So okay. under, the, under the past law, before January 1 of 18, you could have home acquisition debt of up to a million and write off the interest on a first and second home. And you could have a, a home equity line of credit or a HELOC of $100,000. And there were some other little um, things you had to consider. But you could use the, the home equity line for pretty much anything, pay off, pull it out, pay off credit cards, take a vacation, and you could still write off that mortgage interest on the home equity line of credit. Under the new law, it is not allowed. Home equity debt is not deductible for anyone. No one is grandfathered. It's strictly gone unless that home equity line was used. Let's just say that you pulled out $40,000 to put in a new kitchen in your home, or you pulled out $50,000 and you put an addition on your house. Those would still qualify because they fall under the acquisition indebtedness rules of buy, build, or substantially improve your home. But let's say that that same home and equity line that previously you had taken money out to put in a new kitchen, you paid down that loan, and now all of a sudden you pay off your credit cards, that you can't deduct that interest any longer under the new law. So just keep in mind, mortgage interest under the new law is acquisition debt. And in order to qualify for the deduction, had to be used to buy, build, or substantially improve your main home. Well, and you know, and there were, there are some that would say, "I don't want the government telling me how I'm going to spend my money." You know, and in this case, they're technically not because it's just whether or not you want the deduction. But I have to um, agree that this seems like a good idea. In in that, um, the the rant I'm always on is your home is not a bank. There are uh, online loan officers out there uh, and companies uh, literally advertising your home's a bank. You go on vacation, buy a car, pay down credit card debt. And that is not what your home was intended to be. First and foremost, it's a home you you live in. But if you are going to pull money out, it better be for what you just said, capital improvements. I'm going to do some major repairs, some major improvements. But, you know, and and I agree that's that's my opinion. But I, I'm telling you, after coming through the greatest depreciation market in, in history since the Great Depression, uh, which is in part what got us there, people treating their homes like an ATM, um, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm still, you know, dressing battle scars from that era of real estate. So I think this is a good idea. It makes people stop and think. Right, because exactly. Uh, and that, that's my opinion. That has nothing to do with the law, but I, um, but it's our show. So I'm going to throw my opinion in. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, um, and then would you also explain, uh, and, um, to what degree it's relevant here? Um, the, uh, minimum, uh, the alternative minimum tax, uh, the, um, it's not just for real estate. So, uh, and we're talking about appreciation and equity, um, could you explain that a little? Because it's, I think that's going to have an effect on some of the higher priced markets um, around the country, especially in places like where I live in California, New York, Florida. I'm not, I'm not absolutely clear on how that applies, but the alternative minimum tax is basically an alternative tax system. 
And when you calculate your taxes, you have to calculate the tax return under the regular rules and under the minimum tax rules. So maybe you're referring to something else. Well, uh, I, I, I kind of introduced that poorly. What I'm talking about is because, uh, because of this new law affecting properties that are above 750,000. And, and again, I, I'm seeing that the, the, the biggest pause I think people are going to take are the people that are shopping that 900,000 to 1.25 million home um, based on a down payment. They wouldn't be exceeding the 750 until they get to that realm above a million two fifty. They never had that exemption anyhow. So it, it's that um, block of people that are most affected. And, and then where I'm going with this is there are some states where like, for example, uh, in La Jolla, uh, right next door to my office, it's it, almost impossible to buy a house for under a million dollars. In my hometown of San Mateo in the Bay Area, you cannot buy a home for under $1.2 million. And then on top of that, you own a business, you're, you're uh, filing taxes. And um, the concern being, well, I've got this new tax law as it pertains to real estate. I've got this new tax law as it pertains to my income. I'm a business owner. Um, that's kind of where I'm going is the, comp, the the perfect storm of both of these having an effect on an individual. Yeah, that, that's absolutely true. And the states with the higher property taxes and a high state and local income taxes really uh, have been predicted to be hit the hardest. It's going to be very interesting to see that the IRS hasn't even released forms um, for 2018 yet. So we don't yet know exactly how everything's going to how it's going to work and what it's going to look like for everyone. Um, as it pertains to the alternative minimum tax, I know that they've increased the limits and not as many people are going to fall into the AMT as ah. before. There, were some, there was some discussion about eliminating AMT. However, it is still in effect for individuals. Um, but I don't think that as many taxpayers are going to be falling into the alternative minimum tax, given that they have capped the state and local income tax deduction, property tax deductions, which under alternative minimum tax are not tax deductible. Um, same thing with the home equity line. Uh, the mortgage interest for home, from home equity lines was not deductible under AMT. So I think it's going to be very interesting. I think that people are to be talking to their tax advisors, uh, or I would advise that you talk to your tax advisor every quarter that you run projections as the IRS uh, releases guidance as to how the new tax law will be actually translated into the onto the tax forms, because it's one thing to have the written law. There's another thing to actually crunch the numbers and say, what does this really look like for, for our taxpayers and our, our fellow citizens? Yeah, no, I agree. And it's the, uh, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, um, you know, I've, I've been selling real estate going into my 19th year uh, this April. And in the 19 years I've been selling real estate, I have never had someone come to me that's a principal property owner and say, I want to buy a house because I want to get that tax break. Uh, they, want a, they want a piece of the American dream. A lot of people in talking to them, I don't think they 100% feel like they're a success until they not only have that job that's creating some of that success, but um, they have that house that, that they're able to um, say, I'm a, I'm a part of the American dream. And they're not talking about the tax base at that point. They're not even talking about, I'm sorry, the tax exemption. And, and 
In fact, I would go so far as to say that they, they aren't even aware of it until that first year where they're filing and as a homeowner and they become aware of it. Even though we share that information with them, they're getting information overloaded when they're buying a home. And, and I don't think uh, in the upper end, people are going to sacrifice buying the home of their dreams. If they can afford a $1.45 million home or a, a 900 to a $1.2 million home, uh, to save a hundred bucks a month, I don't see many people willing to sacrifice lifestyle. Yeah, um, I agree with you, Thomas. So I don't think this is creating the the uh, um, panic and the um, halt, if you will, in the market that people were chicken little predicting. Um, I, I think there might be a pause for, like I said, that bracket of people that are in that 900 to 1.25 million because they're going to see the most effect of it um, presumably now, again, Correct. you know, they, they have to talk to their CPA or their tax advisor because, um, you know, every, every person's situation is, uh, is their own, um, and we're making exactly. general statements. And, and not to interrupt you, but I, there are a lot of other changes to the code that will counteract the loss of some of the other deductions. Um, the tax brackets have been shifted around. They've created, um, a 12% bracket, there's a 22% bracket, a 24% bracket, whereas before it was 10, 25, 28, and so on. Mm, okay. so I, think, I think the effect of the new brackets, and there are also some credits and for families with children, um, they've, there is something called a child tax credit that a lot of um, people were not eligible for in the past. Let's just say, for instance, a married couple with children if their income was over 110 um, AGI, they were not eligible for the child tax credit. That's been bumped up to over 400,000 now. So many more people will be eligible for the child tax credit. So let's just say you have three children, you're married, the child tax credit now is worth $2,000 per child and that's a dollar for dollar reduction of tax. That'd be $6,000 off your taxes right off the top. So okay. they have implemented some other measures that will help. They've taken some things away. Honestly, it kind of feels to me like they've shifted things around and hopefully the chips will fall about the same. Um, but they've, in an effort to simplify the code, it, it feels much more complex to me. Yeah. Um, however, if, as I was talk, talking with Jonathan earlier and, and saying, if you're an employee and you own a home and your mortgage interest deduction is, let's say your mortgage is $300,000, there's a high probability that you're not going to be itemizing deductions anymore that you'll be filing a very simple tax return, but it's for, for clients that have children who own businesses, who own rental properties and ha have homes with mortgages of 500,000 and above that will be affected by, by the new changes. All right. Well, and you're um, more or less describing me. That, that's, <laughs> I fall right into that category. Yeah, <laughs> um, so uh, before we move on, uh, cause uh, our next topic, I want to talk about salt and I'm not talking about the seasoning, uh, but I want to uh, give our wonderful sponsor an opportunity to uh, ply their wares. So, Jonathan, I'm going to let you take us to commercial, and then uh, we'll come back and continue on with this, this very important topic of the new tax reform. Oh, thanks, Thomas. That's great. Yes, folks, we're going to go for our break. We're going to be back in a minute. We're going to be delving even deeper into the new tax setup. Be back in a few moments, folks. 
Do you want quality leads from homeowners and buyers right in your own neighborhood? Then you need MailRite. It is a powerful but easy-to-use online marketing system that uses Facebook to generate real estate leads at a fraction of the cost you'd pay from our competition. We stand behind our work with a no-question-asked 30-day money-back guarantee. So don't delay. Get started today. Go to mail-right.com. We're coming back. We've been talking about the new changes in the tax landscape. It's going to really affect you, your clients, and probably how you're going to do business. And I'm going to throw it back to my great co-host, Thomas. All right. Thank you, Jonathan. All right. And we're uh, speaking with Rachel Ivanovic from ELM, Easy Life Management Tax Preparer. She's an enrolled agent, which is like a CPA with a big Superman cape on. She can do a lot more. (laughs) Different things. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So um, the second thing I wanted to cover is state and local taxes. And you were, you were starting to get into that with the childcare expenses uh, having been increased to 2000 per child. Um, I want to roll it back to now, first of all, um, am I correct? I read recently that a full 70% of people uh, at least prior to this, um, tax reform don't itemize their taxes in the first place. So a lot of this has no bearing on them. It's um, uh, with, a, with a larger standard deduction, um, that, that 70% is expected to increase even higher. Um, would that be a fair statement? I would say that it really depends on what state you're living in. Ah, okay. <laughs> in California, given our high property tax prices and large mortgages, I think that a lot of my clients pay more than $24,000 in mortgage interest alone. And right. given that that's the new standard deduction for married filers, I think that um, most of my clients will continue to itemize. Okay. So there was a concern that the state and local tax deduction, uh, which includes property taxes, would be eliminated. Uh, and that did not happen. Am I correct? Thank you. That's absolutely true. We were sweating okay. bullets there for a minute. <laughs> so the final bill allows an itemized deduction of up to $10,000 for... Combined. Um, the total of state and local property taxes and income or sales tax. But there, uh, see, I'm, that confuses me. So are you... Are, okay, are, so let me, let me provide, shed a little light on that. Please. Okay, so the state and local income tax deduction typically would be... If, so for instance, let's just use California for an example, given that that's the state that we live in. Okay. So... <clears throat> Let's say that you pay per year $6,000 to the state of California for your state tax. That is a deduction when you itemize deductions. And let's say that your property taxes are $7,000. So in the past, you would have been able to write off a total of five plus 12, or what did I say, six? Six plus seven? Yeah, 13,000. $13,000. That now, under the new law, you'll lose that $3,000 deduction. Oh, okay. It will be capped at 10. So that was what prompted the rush to go prepay property taxes. Right. In December was that people were thinking, oh, I need to go pay my property taxes for the beginning of 18 because then I could take that as a write-off in 2017. And then the IRS came out and said, oh, wait, you can't do that. That won't be deductible. And <laughs> they come, right? And then they came back and said, wait, that is deductible if it had been assessed and you had the bill in hand, which applied to Californians because we, in, I believe, July, we get this, the two slips and you right. pay one in the fall and you pay one in the next spring. So don't worry. If you prepaid your April payment, you absolutely can still deduct that. 
on your 2017 taxes. Okay. Yeah, there was, there was I, I remember watching the news in December and there were lines out the door and I, I was thinking to myself, why are they going and standing in line? You can pay them online. <laughs> exactly. So, well, in, in some, in some states they were not assessed and so they had to go find oh. how much they could pay. And unfortunately the IRS disallowed that. They came out with a statement right around the 26th of December saying, Unless it's been assessed and you know exactly how much you are to pay, it won't be counted as a tax deduction for 17. Okay. Now, another thing that came through, and um, and I want all through this, I'm giving you my understanding of it. I want you to correct me if I'm wrong. Um, unreimbursed employee expenses and tax preparation fees are no longer deductible. Is that correct? Correct. So that was on the Schedule A. Those deductions were on the Schedule A, itemized deductions. In the section towards the bottom of Schedule A, um, which was subject to 2% of income. So what that means is, is that a lot of people weren't ever even able to write off their tax prep fee or write off their union dues, um, et cetera, because it got a 2% haircut. So you had to take whatever your income was, take 2% of that, and whatever was over and above that amount was what qualified you for a write-off. Oh. So if you had $200,000 worth of AGI, 2% of that is $4,000. So unless your tax bill to your tax preparer was over four grand, you weren't writing that off anyway. Now, just to clear up some, some misconceptions, because I, a lot of clients call me in a panic yeah. who owned businesses. And their question was, does that mean I'm going to lose all of my business write-offs? That's absolutely not true because your business write-offs are deducted on different forms. They're not deducted on a Schedule A. Itemized deductions are for personal deductions or unreimbursed employee expenses. So keep in mind that these deductions that now under the new law are gone do not all do, do not pertain to Schedule C filers, so sole proprietors. Don't worry, you still can write off all your deductions. Okay, now I'm going to ask you in my world. So an unreimbursed employee expense. So for example, my bride uh, is a flight attendant. She she's uh, and there's a lot of expenses that she incurs because she's at work traveling that are not reimbursed by the company that she normally deducts, those are gone? Those are gone. Yeah. Okay. So, so uh, my, my advice to employees is talk to your employer, see what they can reimburse for you because they can continue to write that off on their, um, through their businesses. Okay. Yeah. Cause I mean, there's certain things that like, for example, um, you know, she works for, uh, well, uh, Virgin America, but they just became Alaska officially. Um, but they require certain things like, you know, you have to have your nails, uh, painted and, and manicured and you have to wear certain shoes and only carry a certain color purse. So it forces people to go out and buy things they probably wouldn't normally buy. Right. Um, but, but unless they're getting reimbursed for those purchases by the company, they are now, no longer getting it, the tax advantage of doing that because that's gone for the next, what, five years, right? At least, yes. Okay. And then the tax prep fees, um, is that across the board? I, I wasn't clear on that. Like, for example, you know, obviously I, um, I pay you to do my taxes and, and then deduct that expense. Is that gone as a sole proprietor? No. No, as a sole proprietor, it isn't. And what I do for clients whose tax returns consist of, let's say, a Schedule C or a sole proprietorship, and maybe they own a rental property or two, most tax advisors will, will charge based on form. And so I'll break up their tax invoice and say, okay, I charged you 
$150 for your Schedule C and $100 for your Schedule E, and then you would be able to deduct those amounts of the tax prep fee on those particular forms. The, the, the portion of the tax prep fee that is uh, allocable to personal forms is no longer deductible. Okay. So um, let's quickly go through a couple other things. Now, you brought up the child care expenses that have increased, but um, as far as individual personal exemptions, um, has anything changed with those? Yeah, so with personal exemptions, those have been eliminated. Um, in the past, taxpayers per, uh, let's say if you're married with three children, you would get five exemptions. That was worth $4,050 um, in the past. That is now gone for 2018. Um, you still get a personal exemption for the 2017 tax return. Um, but they, like I said, they have instituted other things to make up for that. And tax credit is one of them. Um, but, and they have doubled the standard deduction, but they have eliminated the exemption. So in the past, uh, let's say if your standard deduction as a single filer was around $6,000 and your exemption was around $4,000, you could, you could exclude $10,000 from income if you were not itemizing deductions. Whereas now, 18 going forward, you have a double standard deduction of 12, but you do not have that exemption of four anymore. Hmm. Okay, so... Um, so given us things, taken us some things away. Yeah. Changed the tax bracket. And so it's, in a lot of ways, we as tax advisors are, we're interested to see what the forms are. We'd like to see what the tax tables look like, given that, at this point, it's really hard to see how the numbers are exactly going to shake out. And we're yeah. doing a lot of continuing education, a lot of reading. Um, I'm listening to the news and just really trying to be prepared as much as possible for my clients this year. Okay. All right. Fair enough. So some of this still needs to be kind of shaken out. Um, but uh, And thank goodness we do have the whole year to advise clients. And I've been telling my clients that, We'll be talking a lot this year. Um, we, we need to analyze the situation. The payroll tables and the withholding tables haven't even been changed. So for employees, uh, employers haven't even changed their withholding tables to account for the new tax law. And they won't te technically be even using those until February of this year. Okay. Um, so what I'm hearing so far is if you haven't met with a, a CPA or your tax advisor or you've been... Um, not to disparage H&R Block, but uh, if you have a more complex filing, this may be the year to start talking to uh, a professional CPA or an enrolled agent like Rachel. Um, the, uh, Especially if you own a business. Yes. <laughs> or if you have a rental property, I would advise talking with an advisor because the laws for businesses have gotten even more complex and there are some great deductions coming up that I think are really going to help businesses this year. Very excited about it. So having Uncle Larry do your taxes might not be the best thing this year. <laughs> exactly. Right. Maybe for 17, but not for the 18th right. tax year. <laughs> well, I figure you might need a year of prep to get used to it. I, I mean, it, 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 I think I it's would, worth paying at this point. Yeah. Um, oh, you also mentioned that the tax brackets have improved, allowing uh, everyone to potentially pay less in federal income taxes. Is, did I hear you right? 
Potentially, yes, they have changed the tax brackets. And that's a good point, Thomas, that I, I did want to bring up is that California does not conform to any of these changes. So for California, it's business as usual. And for instance, for your bride who um, spends money out of pocket for, for to do her job, she can continue to deduct those items for California, just not for the federal return. So in essence, we're preparing two returns, one with the federal law and one with the old law under California. Oh, okay. All right. Um, and then the other thing that was freaking people out, including me, um, because it was affecting the investment market or people that wanted to uh, become uh, property owners in the sense that they had a property that they maybe at one point lived in, uh, then moved out of and rented it out. Uh, there, there was, uh, and what I'm getting at um, in a very muddled way <laughs> is the exclusion of gain on the sale of principal residence. Uh, there was a concern that owners would now need to live in their house for at least five out of the last eight years to claim this exemption. Under the former tax framework, a typical owner um, only had to live in the home two out of the last five years and would pay nothing in capital gains tax if they sold the house. Um, well, if you know, the gains were less than 500000 Right. I, I was just going there. Thank you. Because I, I, that wasn't like, a, you know, the wide, wild west. That was with the, uh, a total of 500000 um, now was that um, is that the two fifty for an individual five hundred for a married? Yeah, it's five hundred for a married couple, and fortunately, that was one of the the items that they left alone. So the law is as it was. You have to live in and own the home for two out of the past five years to be able to exclude up to two hundred fifty thousand dollars per individual. Um, the law stands as it was. Thank goodness, I'm so glad. And that is that's under Code Section one twenty one. If anyone wants to look it up. Okay. All right. Good. Um, you know, I want to um, bring Jonathan in. I've kind of taken over the show here. And uh, Jonathan, do you have any questions that we've raised uh, as somebody that's been listening in on this? Um, anything that we haven't covered that we should talk about? No, really. I'm, I'm very happy for you to take the lead. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. Well, um, Jonathan, sorry, what was that? I said, you love taxes, Jonathan. Come on. I like everybody else. I, I, I leave it to a true professional that's so obvious you are, Rachel. So um, if you're looking for a true professional, after this conversation, I think we've found one for you. To deal with your tax problems, folks. Well, and, you know, the um, I was I was listening to Steve Harney um, speak, who um, Steve is... Um, the uh, founder of uh, KCM, sorry, I blanked out there, Keeping Current Matters. He's uh, an economist uh, and the founder. And uh, he was, you know, he gave some good advice. He was being interviewed by um, uh, Tom Ferry. And um, he said that, you know, because there was so much negativity in the hype of this, uh, which again was fear mongering to get people to step to action, um, the, the, he, you know, now his advice was sit down and calm down. Uh, you know, the demand for housing is at such a high point that this tax uh, reform bill couldn't stop it if it tried. Um, you know, and he said furthermore that the belief in home ownership as part of the American dream 
and the road to financial freedom remains extremely strong. And I mean, and it's just a national fact that um, the uh, power of homeownership typically reflects in higher income, uh, greater responsibility, which creates better citizens, um, and, and a sense of, of belonging to that American dream. Um, so, I mean, it, how he summed it up basically was what I always say, the sky's not falling. It's, it's not chicken little out there. There's going to be cause to pause and, and um, talk to your tax professional, but we're in a housing shortage still, and the demand is still outweighing the supply and so the law of supply and demand, just like the law of gravity, prevails. Um, Rachel, is there anything that we didn't cover today that you expected to that we should talk about before we wrap it up? Well, the tax, new tax bill is 1,097 pages. So <laughs> um, there are a few more points that we may want to get back together to talk about um, how the tax bill affects business owners and what to expect for 2018. Um, I've got just one quick question to Rachel. Um, because of the um, size of the build, do you think that the Internal Revenue have a good grasp about how it will affect all the regulation past and present? I would suggest they probably don't have a total comprehension. Absolutely of that. not. They don't know. <laughs> they don't know is my, my answer. Uh, my advice is to, to taxpayers, contact your tax advisor. And the tax advisors, we're doing our best to interpret the code. As I said, they're still going to be issuing guidance on the new law. The IRS does not know how it's all going to play out yet. Um, we're all doing our best, given that it was passed so late in 2017, um, to, to get up to speed. And it was a really busy December and January trying to prepare for clients and, and to give the, to render the best advice possible. Excellent. All right, folks, we're going to uh, do a couple minutes of bonus material on the video. So if you want to stick with us or jump over to YouTube, if you're listening to the show, you can uh, see our show on YouTube and or on the MailRite Real Estate Podcast website. Uh, for now, we're going to let Rachel uh, let you know how to get in touch with her because even though she's based in Carlsbad, she has an international clientele. So don't let that stop you from reaching out. Rachel, if people want more information about this or even your professional help, how would they do that? Thanks, Thomas. If, if you have any other questions, please contact my office at 760-730-1817. You go to our website at elmtax.com. That's E-L-M like the tree, Easy Life Management, tax.com. Thank you so much. For awesome. Today. Thanks for being on the show again. And folks, again, just a reminder that if you want to hear more of Rachel's great advice that she's given us over the last uh, couple years, um, you can find her on episode 91 and 106. And then of course, today's show 130. Jonathan, if people want to get in touch with you about MailRite, uh, how would they do that? It's really easy. Give me a call. The um, phone number's on the website. You, there's instant chat on the website. Email me or get me on my Twitter feed at Jonathan Denwood. There's a load of ways of getting hold of us, and we love giving advice to agents. And I'm Thomas J. Nelson with Big Block Realty here in San Diego, California, where I'm never too busy for your referrals or to be of service to you if you just need me as a resource. Happy to share information with you, and you can find me through my website, thomasjnelsonrealtor.com. 
I'm on Facebook as well as uh, LinkedIn. So come find me and let's talk. And also, if you have uh, suggestions for the show as far as guests you'd want us to have on or topics to cover, you can contact Jonathan and I about that as well. Or just leave the comments in our show notes on iTunes or wherever you're listening to our show. And we appreciate you being here, folks. And we'll be back next week with another fantastic guest. Come join us for the bonus material on YouTube and uh, wherever you watch our video show. Bye-bye.